Broadcasting from USA Swimming's headquarters at the Carolyn Dirks Building in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set. Join three-time Olympian Elizabeth Beisel and U.S. National Team Director of Performance Matt Barbini as they host members from the USA Swimming community, ranging from age group to Olympic levels of the sport. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the KickSet podcast. My name is Matt Barbini. I'm the National Team Director of Performance at USA Swimming. And joining me, as always, fresh off a European jaunt, is Elizabeth Beisel. Beisel, how are you? How was your trip? Tell Barbini. everybody where you were and what you were doing. Because everybody is just dying to know <laughs> what's going on in my life. I know. No, I was in Switzerland um, for a couple of weeks, and it was amazing. Some of the coolest hikes that I've ever been. I was telling Barbini just before we got started, I was playing the Sound of Music soundtrack on repeat all day, every day. I, the hills were alive. I was running through wildflower fields like a child, but it was honestly incredible. And I don't want to diminish Switzerland, but, and I regret saying this because I wasn't really like that jonesing to go. I feel like I had more places on my bucket list before Switzerland. And now after having been there, I'm like ready to go back. You, have you been Barbini? I have not. No, I've only flown through the airport. Yeah. So Zurich is obviously like very popular, yeah. especially for international trips. But um, yeah. it was really cool because there was an outdoor pool in every single little village that we went to. Um, so I made it like a point to find every single pool that I could, even in these mountainous villages where there are no cars. I was like, these people have pools like, man, we got to bring this culture to the United <laughs> States. We need more pools. So it was it was really amazing. Um, but I want to know about yours and you were fresh off of worlds. Last wow. time we talked, I was in Croatia. Um, we were at training camp and we were just about to head to Budapest. And then obviously, you know, Budapest really couldn't have gone much better than it did um, from a performance standpoint. Um, set the record for the most medals won um, at, a, at a world championships by a lot, by seven. Uh, most Olympic event medals won by three. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. And then, I mean, you know, Budapest is one of the best cities in the world and they do such an amazing job hosting swim meets, but then it's also just an awesome place to visit. So, um, yeah. and you were there in 2017. So you, you know, as well as we, I do that it's a, an awesome place to spend a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I mean, the environment is electric there. Like they just love swimming and our guest that we're going to have on was actually has been in Budapest twice to compete. And Barbine, I'll let you uh, pump him up a little bit like you always do. <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll read his <laughs> resume aloud here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so our guest is Carson Foster, who uh, has been to uh, the 2017 and 2019 World Juniors. The latter of those was in Budapest. Um, so he's now competed at this, at this amazing facility in Budapest twice and heard kind of the, how much the Hungarian fans are, are into it. Although I think it was a little different this time with uh, Milak setting a world record was maybe the loudest pool I've ever been in. Uh, but he, uh, he's been on a few junior team trips, a few internationals, um, and then uh, made a senior level international debut just recently at uh, the last short course worlds in Abu Dhabi where he won three medals and then um, has been covered quite a bit, having a really nice breakout um, this season, um, making the team in the two IM, four IM and the 200 free where he won silver in the two individuals 
and a gold in the relay. Um, so Carson, welcome to the podcast. Congratulations on your year and we're going to dig into it, but thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited. I love talking swimming and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Awesome. Um, all right. So we, we went over worlds a little bit. We'll get back into that in a second, but I want to talk about your immediate post worlds to start. So you came over from world championships and then, you know, like everybody does coming off a big swim meet, you just went to another swim meet and went crazy fast. Um, so you had an amazing two fly, really good four hundred free and a, and a really nice 200 back. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you feel like you were able to go so fast, just coming right off of a world? Yeah, I think so. The plan the whole summer was to go to world trials, then worlds and then come back and finish my season off at sectionals um just i the coaches wanted me to do one last meet and it was only like 10 days later so it's like um i could do a couple more events since i was obviously only swimming the the ims and individually in budapest and i think there was a couple other events i'd kind of been working towards so we wanted to see kind of where i was at moving forward with those to see if it's something worth training for and kind of learning how to swim them um, and so the three events that I'd kind of been playing around with were the, the 200 fly tuner back and then the 400 free. So um, I was excited. I right the day after I finished my last race in Budapest, I, it was like a little hard to kind of get back in the water and feel motivated to keep going. But once I got past the first few days and got home, I, I got pretty excited to get going again. And um, I mean, Eddie and Wyatt are, like we're staying on me, making sure I wasn't like losing my taper, making sure like I came home the weekend of the 4th of July. So it was kind of hard. Like I, I obviously wanted to swim really fast, but I also wanted to like hang out with my friends and spend the holiday with them. So I kind of had to figure out like a little mix of both where I was making sure I wasn't going to bed super late and trying to treat the sectional meet as if it was worlds. Um, cause I wanted to go fast there. So, um, yeah, the 200 fly obviously is probably the best of the three, um, which is interesting because I thought that was kind of the one where I was just doing because I didn't have anything that day. Um, I was really more focused on the two, the two back and the four free. Um, so it's funny how that worked out. But um, yeah, I was, overall, I was like super happy with it. Uh, I did not expect, obviously, to go the, the times that I did um, coming off Worlds. Um, but yeah, it makes it makes it more fun going forward. I kind of get to pick and choose what I want to swim at uh, the upcoming meets and um, adds a little bit more like flavor to practice. Like I can jump around the groups a little bit more now and like work with the fly group or work purely with the backstroke group. And instead of kind of just being in mid D free and um, I am every day. Yeah, I feel like you just complicated things in the best way possible <laughs> because now Eddie and White are like, Carson, you're going to be in every single group, which like I was subject to at Florida. Does that excite you? Or are you kind of like ready to get out of the mid D group? And you're like, yes, put me in fly, put me in back. Uh, it, it excites me because I, uh, so like my training group pretty much every day this past year was either I was in freestyle group with Drew Kibler, Kobe Carroza, like two of those guys that like were on the world's team, or I was an IM group with like, Will Lacone, my brother, Jake, uh, David Johnston, uh, Shane Casas, the second half of the year, or like, I guess the first half of the year, because he came in January. So, I mean, we, I was training with national teamers, um, the entire year, no matter what group I was in. And so, um, 
I, I think that's awesome. And I'll probably continue just to stick mainly with those two groups. Um, but I am very excited to start training with our fly group because we have a couple guys who are like purely butterflyers. So they're there every day and they, they elevate each other. So I'm kind of like, I'm excited to join that, that duo and join those two Cole Crane and Sam Hartman. And, um, backstroke group is fun because it's really young. There's a lot of freshmen in that group. So, um, I'm excited for that. Just, I think it's fun kind of swimming with the freshmen and getting to know them there. So, um, I'm excited to jump around the groups. I definitely want to swim a little bit more breaststroke because that's where I need to like improve on. So that's another group. So like you said, I think I'll probably be in a different group almost every day. Um, but that excites me. That's, that's what make I, I think practice is more fun that way. That's awesome. Yeah. That variety is, uh, it definitely helps pass the, uh, the, however many workouts you're doing a week, eight, nine, 10, 100%. not having to go uh -huh. over and over again. And that uh, just hammering on one thing. Um, let's jump back just a couple of weeks before that. This was your first kind of big team trip and your first team trip with a camp that preceded it. Um, so what was that like kind of going to your first like international team, we're here for 10 days and we're trying to get ready for the biggest meet in the world. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how, what that experience was like kind of as your, as your first time through it? Definitely. And I, it was, it was definitely a mixed, like mixed experience on my end. Like there was parts of it where I got there and I was like, this is so cool. Like all these guys that I look up to um, and like these, like people that I grew up watching, now I get to practice with them and swim with them. Um, and it was hard for me not to like, want to race in practice um or try and like do do a backstroke set with murphy like and try and try and go race him because we're 10 days out you can't really do much um then so that that was hard and then uh i think the the hardest part for me was being in a place like croatia where it was like i mean the hotel was pretty well documented on social media where <laughs> it felt like i was on like a vacation almost and it was like like five or six days out from like the probably the biggest race I'd ever had in my life because I was day one um so it was hard for me to like I was kind of wishing like to fast forward through training camp so I could be there in Budapest um so looking back I wish I would have kind of enjoyed it more and uh I think that's part of part of me being inexperienced where I was just so nervous for the first race and wanting it to be there already so um I thought it was awesome because it's, it gave us a chance to kind of get to know the team. And I know that's part of the purpose. Obviously you want to get over there when the time difference, you want to get over there early, but I thought it was a lot, there was a lot of like good, like team bonding, like I'm like, or just eating dinner, like the meal rooms, I feel like we're like where I met everyone um, like dinner and breakfast. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so yeah, overall it was, it was awesome, but I definitely moving forward, I'm going to try and enjoy it a little bit more like, um, not obviously not just go out and like suntan every day, like on the beach right before I swim, but like, uh, just like enjoy the whole experience as opposed to just the meat. Yeah. You, but you have plenty of meats ahead of you, Carson. Yeah. So you're going to be just fine. Um, you touched a little bit on the nerves going into your first biggest international competition meet ever. And you're swimming. I am events with people like Chase, Daya Leon, like this is a stacked field. You are going up against the best of the best Olympic gold medalists. How do you deal with that mindset? And I know you've opened up on social media a little bit about that. Um, can you talk about how you deal with the nerves and the anxiety and the pressure that comes with competing at the highest stage in the world that you've ever been at? Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, I started doing, um, I, that's something I've kind of struggled with since I got to like 
college or like started competing at the senior level was kind of like, I mean, I grew up, I'm like the biggest swim nerd ever. I was like, when I was younger, I was on USA Swimming like every single morning, like looking up times, looking up meet results, like memorizing times. And like my idols were like people like Chase and Ryan Murphy and the guys I'm on the team with. And so like when I get, when I've gotten to this level now where I'm racing them, it was hard for me to kind of flip the switch of like, I'm racing this guy who I've looked up to for so long and I've always thought is so good. So now I'm racing him as my competitor. Um, and I think that that was hard for me at Olympic trials last summer. Um, and so I, I started, I started doing brain spotting, which is basically overcoming mental blocks and just kind of figuring out what your mental blocks are. And for a long time, like I couldn't figure out like why I couldn't swim fast in a big meet. And like, I knew I got nervous, but I knew everyone got nervous. Like it's, and there's not many people who don't get nervous before big races um and so it's kind of just uncovering those mental blocks like what's causing me to get so nervous before these races why am I not like believing in myself the way I used to um which com completely made all the difference for me uh kind of getting back to like why I swim which is like just to have I mean I remember I used to go to meets with like just insane lofty goals like insane goal times and all I cared about was trying to get as, as close to those like as I could um so kind of just getting back to that of like I know that I've put in the work to be there. And that's something that I've started to believe this year. And um, I, I make, I, I just want to go as fast as I can. And so that was what I was kind of telling myself. Prelims was a little different. My first race, I was super nervous in prelims. And um, Chase told me that after the race, he was like, dude, you were, you were super nervous before that. And like, you got the nerves out, out of like the first race. And Eddie told me the same thing. And then at night, all I was thinking about is like, I want to go as fast as I can. I know, I know what I want to go. I had my goal time in mind. Um, and I can't control anyone else. And so that was kind of the, the mindset I had was just think about it like a fast Friday, like, like I'm at Texas, like I'm hopping up by myself, like no one else is swimming with me and I'm just going to go as fast as I can. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, getting over those mental hurdles, especially when you've bumped into them a few times on big stages is, is really a big challenge. So kudos to you for finding a solution and, and having it work for you. Uh, did that change sort of your process going into a race? Is like, did that change your pre-race routine? Is there something that you do differently now? Sort of like what you think about in the ready room or kind of tell us how that process works. So it's, it's, it's kind of all the, it's pretty much everything. Yeah. So like I, I pretty before prelims, before finals, anytime I'm going to race, I do, I brain spot, which self-spotting, it's kind of hard to explain on a short podcast, but it's, it's starting to become more common. So I'm sure people can research it or go to my Instagram and, and read about it. But so I, I was brain spot, which is basically just calming my nerves down about whatever I'm kind of anxious about, about normally it's about the race. Like it's, it's basically a form of visualizing. So I'll do that when I wake up from my nap or when I wake up in the morning before the session. And then, um, it even, it, it's stuff like changing the music that I listened to before my race from like music that I thought got me like super pumped up. Like I was ready to run through a wall into like music that I would listen to when I'm driving to practice on like a really nice day at Texas that just make, makes me in a good mood. And it's, um, just like changing changing, like getting myself in a good spot mentally so that I'm, I'm free to race, um, when, when it's time to go. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I like, like you said, Carson, every single athlete deals with nerves. I don't know one that doesn't. Um, one thing that one of my coaches at Florida told me before 
a trials race in 2012. I was super nervous. Um, it was the final, like you and I have been at. And I like started crying. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I'm not ready. This is so scary. And he's like, Elizabeth, don't you know that everybody is looking at you and being like, I'm scared of her. And Carson, that I so see that in you because you are like the up and comer. You are the one that is gunning for everybody. And everybody's looking at you behind the blocks being like, oh my God, we have to race Carson Foster today. Like, what is he going to pull out? Like a 153 two fly out of nowhere? Like <laughs> Carson, like your future is so bright and it's, it's just so exciting. And it has been so amazing to watch you grow into this incredible athlete. And you're not even at the peak of your career yet. You have so much fast swimming ahead of you. Um, and I'm Thank sure you. a lot of that has to do with being at Texas. And, you know, you're on a relay at world championships with three other Longhorns and you win gold. Like, what is that like sharing such an amazing moment with teammates that you train with almost every single day? Yeah, it that was by far the highlight of my world championships is like being on a relay with, with Kobe in the morning and then Drew at night and like having the three of us, three out of the four guys who were on like our college relay being at, like on the world championship relay. Um, which was super special because I mean, I lived for, for about a year, me, Kobe and Drew lived together. Um, so we were, we're actually like really, really close friends. And I would say like Kobe and Drew, I mean, outside of my brother, like my two best friends. So being able to go on a trip with them and um, I mean, Kobe is in my class at Texas. Drew is probably like my biggest training partner. So um, it was super special. And I know like it meant a lot to them too. And that's something that like, I mean, regardless of what the outcome would have been, like that's something that we would have always remembered. And the fact that we won and got gold just makes it even better. So those are definitely two. I got I have a couple photos of like me and Kobe and then also me and Drew like on the podium together. So those are those are definitely photos that like I'll get to show like my kids one day or like something cool, or maybe they'll be like like I'll give it to to Eddie and Wyatt as like a, a gift. Um and just like, cause it's gotta be cool to have a bunch of your swimmers on all the same relay at the, on, I guess Eddie's had it happen a couple of times, in his <laughs> yeah. so, but just um, a few times. Yeah, just, it's, a, it's, it's a cool, cool moment for not only like the three of us, but also like Texas in general, just, we feel like we kind of, we want to have like, I know Florida's kind of taken over as like freestyle you having 50 to the mile now, but I think Texas kind of prides itself on the 200. That's kind of like our little sweet spot. So we'll, we'll take pride in being 200 freestyle. You Florida can <laughs> as you should. It is yeah. amazing what you guys did. I can hear your kids now being like, we know dad, you're on a relay with two <laughs> other Texas guys. With we all your best it. friends. <laughs> it. <laughs> it is crazy though, because you know, it's like six people in the entire country qualify for this relay and a full half of them came out of your training group. Like that's, and that's really unheard of. The fourth one got seventh. So right. Yeah. So you guys got right there. I almost got, I almost got on there too. Yeah. Just really speaks to the, the, quality of the group that you get to work out with every day um speaking of quality groups you're kind of the you're following following some pretty amazing footsteps in the im events um in the u.s so you're kind of coming along after michael and ryan and alongside chase um what's what's it how do you like think about like being a an i a usimer it's such a it's such an amazing group that you're joining now 
Definitely. And that's something that's kind of, it's hit me more coming off of like the season than when I was in the season, kind of like where I stand right now in, in like the history of the events um, and like who's in front of me at this point. And it's super cool because I've never really like, it was never a goal of mine to be like, I want to be one of the best IMers in US history. It was always kind of just, I want to make it to the highest level in swimming. Um, and kind of like the competition that I've grown up racing against with it, like Jay and Chase and uh, Bobby now and my brother. So it's kind of like, I've had to beat those guys just to like hit my goals and just the level of competition that I'm racing in right now in the US. Like if you're making it top one or two in the country, you're automatically going to be um, on those, like up in the top of the rankings, just purely off of how fast American I am is right now. Um, and the 200, I think even more so once, I mean, once Michael, if Michael decides to swim it again, the two I am, and if Shane starts to swim it at championship level meets, I mean, you could have four guys going 155, um, which is crazy. Um, and like everyone's shooting for that 154 barrier. So um, it is super cool. Uh, I, I do, I like, it gives me something to shoot for. I mean, those are the two, probably the two best American swimmers ever. Um, definitely the two best I amers ever, obviously. Um, and, uh, but it's just, I'm just going to focus on racing and racing the other I amers that are currently swimming right now. I mean, we'll, and obviously I want to do my best to try and like, I want to win worlds and I want to win the Olympics. So I want to got to catch up to Leon and, and the two IMs. And I think just having all the competition around me, it's, it will ri will rise everyone up. I love hearing you say that. Like, I, I want to win worlds. That's, that's the confidence that a lot of people lack. And hearing you say that is, is really special. Um, for you coming off such of a hot summer, have you had any downtime? Are you getting a chance to relax before we kind of ramp everything up over the next two years? Yes. And no, um, obviously it's not as intense as it was before in terms of like when I'm in the season and especially on taper, I'm really, really good about going to bed super early, eating super clean, um, and just treating swimming as, it's a, as it, as it's my job. Um, and after the season, I'm a little bit more lenient. Like I'll, I'll have I'll eat what I want while I'm not in the season and then obviously I'm not going to bed at nine o'clock like I am in season um but I am still training um I just got I got right back in after sectionals um my whole team's going to nationals though so there's only like two or three of us that are doing like actual practices and not just tapering um and then I'll go home at the beginning of August and I'm going to take like a little weekend trip to Chicago so um, I'll, I won't swim while I'm in Chicago for like four or five days. And then I'll get back to Texas like second week of August and I'll probably get back in then. So I'll probably have like a week off about, um, but I feel like I'm in a spot right now with swimming where if I wasn't swimming, I would just want to be there, um, while I'm sitting at home. So I feel like I'm in a good spot where mentally, I feel like it's better for me to be there than to not be there. Um. And I'm just, yeah, I'm in a spot where I'm really enjoying it right now. So I'm not, I'm not taking a break just yet. So when you go home, will you jump back in with uh, Mason and the, and the manor is hundred percent, especially in the new pool too. I hope the new pool is still like, they're not like cleaning it or anything while I'm home because I've swam in it once and it's incredible. So 
Um, I think Ken, Ken will be at juniors. I think re- the first week I'm home, but I think after I get back from Chicago, he'll be home as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And Adam Cheney will be home and, um, Jacob McDonald, like just all the guys who I used to swim with. So, uh, I'm excited to see them. I haven't, I haven't seen them in quite a long time. So are you going to bring your medals to show all your coaches? (laughs) I I actually, my dad was in town last weekend and I, my apartment's kind of cluttered right now and I need to do some cleaning and they were kind of just sitting out. So I just sent them home with him. And so I was like, I'll, you can take these home with you and I'll get them if I want to bring them back to Austin. But I don't really know. I, I always thought like medals, like like once you get them, you show everyone, but they've kind of just, once I got them, I unpacked them and they've just been sitting on my desk. So I was like, I'll show, I'll show Ken when I go home to Cincinnati and then I'll just leave them in Cincinnati, I guess. <laughs> until They're safe I, there. Well, I, you know, yeah. they don't, yeah. I don't have, they don't have any chance of getting lost or misplaced right. um, if they're with my parents. So yeah it's not like you're wearing them to class or anything exactly yeah it's a weird accessory (laughs) yeah I have the memories and I have the yeah just the photos um so those will those will do for for me and Austin yeah Carson's medals are like clanking desks in class (laughs) yeah I'm so sorry it's on the bus these are my international medals from this summer (laughs) oh you guys don't have these oh (laughs) yeah oh sorry all right Basil should we do some social kick Let's do it. All right. So Carson, the, this is, these are questions that came through our social feeds. Um, so these are from people that listen to the pod and were specifically targeted to you. Um, so we have four. Uh, the first is from Mark J. What goes through your mind when you get behind the blocks? So that's something that's actually like, I've, I think is kind of where I've matured this year is I would say at trials, when I got behind the blocks, I was like, uh oh, like this is it. This is my this is my one shot. I got to get it right. And um, now, I mean, I remember going out on like walking out for before the four a.m. It's like I just got like goosebumps thinking about it. Is like when I was behind the block, and it was kind of like the time where it's quiet, where it's after the second whistle before they call you up on the blocks. Or I guess after the first whistle, um, and it was pretty quiet. And I just looked up. And it was the first time I had like looked out to the pool since I had walked out and like, I started looking at like all the people and I was like, like, how cool is this? That like, this, like, this is what like I literally dreamed of doing as like an age group swimmer is going to like world championships. And I mean, obviously I haven't been to the Olympics, but like, that's obviously like the goal and like, how cool is it that I'm like, I'm at the level that I grew up like. I used to wake up at four in the morning to make sure I could watch prelims and finals, wherever the meet was. Um, and now I'm at that level. So it was like that kind of like slowed time down a little bit for, for the race. And then, so for the next couple of races, I was just kind of like, take it in, take in the atmosphere. And then for a meet like sectionals, I was like, like, I mean, it's a little different cause there's not, there's no pressure there. So it's just kind of like, I was like, I'm just going to pretend like it's a practice and I have all my teammates here cheering for me. So it's more just changing it to from when I was like scared to race versus now where I'm just, I'm just excited to race and I'm excited to, to have fun while I'm, while I'm doing it. Nice. That was it different than do you, like, did you notice like a stark difference between, cause you were at this exact same pool in 2019 uh-huh. was your, was that, um, uh, 
did you notice sort of a difference in like just sort of standing behind the box being like now i'm here and it's the big one definitely well because in at junior worlds it was a lot there was a lot of people probably yeah at that time the most people i'd ever swam in front of um but like they were only using one side of the stands like one side was empty and then one side was being used and i would say 50 percent of it were swimmers so it wasn't that crowded like this was the first time i mean i wouldn't say it's the most people i've ever swam in front of now because or maybe i don't know how many people were at trials versus how many people were at worlds but it's definitely the loudest um yeah and i got to swim on the tuesday night for the 2am semi which was the night of the two fly final so the, it was a packed crowd which was yeah. sweet i remember going on the bus and like the line was like all the way down the street and i was like oh my gosh i know it's not for me but this is awesome <laughs> that, that might have been <laughs> that might have been the loudest pool i've ever been in when uh-huh. Milok set the, that 200 fly world record i mean it that shook, was i was warming up and it shook the warm-up pool yeah yeah, that was crazy. no way. Yeah, yeah, it was like you could yeah. feel like the noise, like kind of like vibrating everything. Yeah, that's why. Because similar to that in seventeen, when Katinka broke yep. the world record, it was uh, maybe not as loud, but certainly loud. That pool, like the Hungarian people, just love their swimming, and it's so uh-huh. special that like we've been able to have so many meets there, so yeah. we can experience that. Like Carson. You're fine. If you can handle Budapest, my gosh, <laughs> every other pool is going to be easy for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So we got off track on the, the social kick, but those are good. I Budapest, just it's such an awesome place to have a meet. I could talk about Budapest all day. Okay. This is from Hunter L. What is the hardest part of Before I Am and what is your favorite part? Favorite part is definitely the butterfly. Um, just because I, I, Butterfly is probably my favorite stroke to, to swim. It's just nothing's better than when you're tapered and you're doing butterfly. It's just everything feels so easy. Um, and so I enjoy that part. And like, I've always kind of had good natural speed or like easy speed. So um, I feel like that's kind of one of the parts where I can get ahead pretty easily um, and used to my strengths. My, the hardest part is definitely, I would say going into the second 50 breaststroke. Um Cause that's either the part where, I mean, up to this point and I'm working on my breaststroke harder than ever now, but it's either the point where I'm starting to get caught or I'm being passed. Um, and it's so hard mentally not to like freak out. And that's something else that I feel like for the first time at, at worlds, when Leon passed me, I didn't mentally freak out and just start spinning. Um, but in the past, I mean, that's what happened last year at trials. Once Chase passed me, I was like, uh Oh, I'm dying. Even though I had a good breaststroke split, I just thought I was going slow because he passed me. Um, so that's my least favorite part, but with, with a couple of years of work on that, maybe it'll turn into one of my strengths, but, uh, right. As of now, that's my least favorite part. Basil, what was the hardest part for you in the 4am? Oh, butterfly. Oh butterfly. my God. I would touch last. <laughs> like, I remember in, in 12 at the Olympics, I touched eight, but then by backstroke, I was first. So it's very similar vein, Carson, to what you were just speaking on. It's like for my butterfly, I knew that was my weakness. I knew I was going to be one of the last people to come in at the hundred and I didn't need to, like I had Katinka going out in like 59 Yeah, and I'm coming in nice and slow at a glacial pace at 103, you know, like, <laughs> so it, it really is for, I am is such a mind game and the stronger, more confident you can be in just your own ability and to kind of put the blinders on the better off you're going to be. And, 
you know, coming into the 300 at breaststroke, coach Troy, Troy always said, if you're touching first at breaststroke, you're already swimming freestyle. You're swimming twice as fast as everybody uh-huh. else coming in on breaststroke. So you're going to double your lead almost. Yeah. So he's like, your goal is to always get to that 300 first and then just go. So that was kind of what I always worked on, but yeah, butterfly. Carson, you and I are not on the same page. <laughs> Carson's it didn't about matter how tapered I was. It wasn't happening. Carson's talking about his favorite part. And I could just see Basil's face. Like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I never me. felt that. Yeah. My, my strategy is just trying, I mean, obviously not being stupid, but try and get, if try and get as far as I can on the first 200. But I think it's like a testament to no, there's no perfect way to swim a 4am. Exactly. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's why it's so fun to watch. It's just moving all over the place. Um, okay. Kate E. How do you deal with pressure? You've kind of touched on this already. How do you deal with pressure and how do you execute with confidence? I think dealing with pressure is, I mean, essentially for me, the way I've dealt with it the past six months is knowing that it's like, obviously I know it's there and the better you get, the more pressure you have. Um, so it's definitely, I mean, next season's probably going to be the most pressure I've ever felt, but now I feel like I'm confident in the way that, um, I know how to deal with it and I know why I swim, um, which is to go as fast as I can and to have fun with it. And that's where I feel like this season was different for me, where I was, I was just enjoying going fast in practice and, um, knowing that the work I did was going to translate, um, and just being confident in that and doing what I've just taught myself to do in practice. Um, and then X second part was X. How do I execute with confidence? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have the best, the best two coaches in the world. Um, like combination, the duo is Eddie and Wyatt, in my opinion. So, um, I have two coaches telling me exactly how to swim my races. And so I have full confidence in those two and how they've trained me and, and swimming with teammates and almost every single event I swim at those big like trials meet like and I always have a teammate in the two I am I always have one a couple in the four I am and then obviously our two free group there's always a couple of us so I mean I I rely on my teammates and my coaches and just do what they tell me to do and feed off them great okay last one this is from Jow R who is your swimming idol and have you had the opportunity to beat them I think it would be impossible for anyone like my age to not say Michael Phelps, just because like he did the 2008 Olympics. I was seven years old. Um, or was I seven or was I six? I think I was six years old. Um, so like I, that was the first Olympics I ever watched. And so like, obviously that he turned into my, my swimming idol, someone, someone who I'd say I grew up as like a role model, which has been super cool to get to meet and like, kind of form a relationship with is Ryan Murphy. Um, he, from like when I was like 13, 14 on, um, I just really liked the way he was in interviews. And I liked the way he like walked around on deck, like, like calm, confident, but like didn't say much. Um, I just thought that was really cool. And so, um, through like a little bit through the recruiting process, um, and then more from just like all these meets that I've gone to, I've kind of gotten to know him pretty well. So, um, I would say Phelps and then Ryan Murphy. Nice. And then you got to vote for him for captain. The yeah. yeah I kind of give him a hat tip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. So well, Carson, 
thank you for coming on, man. It's been really yeah. fun. We appreciate the conversation and good luck with the, uh, the not break <laughs> that you're taking and, uh, hope to have a great rest of your summer and we'll, we'll see you at a meet soon. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks Carson. All right. Thanks again to Carson Foster for coming on Basil. That was really awesome. Very impressive perspective on swimming and reasons to do it and how, how his mindset affects his performance. That was, that was great lessons for any athlete. And for an athlete of such youth, you know, how mature his outlook is on the sport and working on his mindset, like to hear him say that he doesn't want to take a break from swimming because he's, he loves it so much. And he's in such a good place. That is such a rare feeling to have. Um, I think everybody has had that, but it's fleeting. And so Mm. I I hope that it lasts a while for him. Um, because that, that just like warmed my heart. You know, I'm Carson Foster as a fan of me now. That was, that was really amazing. Yeah. To be, to be that dialed into what you're doing and enjoying it so much and having that kind of success. It's just such a rare combination because I mean, as you know, better than almost anybody, it takes so much to be that good that to, to want to just keep going. And then on the, you know, on his approach, it's like, he's focusing on everything from sort of his big picture mindset all the way down to like, I'm going to shift the music I listen to so that I can be in the right frame of mind when the race starts, like so detailed and so mature, really, really impressive. Yeah. Did you notice anything that he was doing maybe different from everybody else at worlds? Like, did anything stick out to you? No, I mean, he seemed a lot more confident, obviously, you know, he had had some struggles at, at larger meets and, and, you know, people at the world junior level, like there's a lot of nerves at that level. Like these are high school kids. And I think it's pretty common for people to appear very nervous. And so I, I did think that he seemed a lot, much more settled and much more calm. And, and I didn't realize he was taking such a proactive approach with that. I kind of attributed that to him finally getting over the hump and making the senior team qualifying in multiple events. And now hearing that there's an actual process behind it is, is even more, more impressive to me. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So up next on the swimming calendar, uh, we actually still have a good amount left to go here in this uh, 2022 summer season. Um, so this will be airing um, or is airing as you're listening to it a few days before nationals um, that starts on July 26th in Irvine. Uh, plenty of tickets still available. So um, if you're interested in coming out to watch some of the, uh, the best swimmers in the country and in the world, we've got a good international field in this one. Um, head over to usaswimming.org slash events for your all your nationals info and then uh that's not all no because then in august which <laughs> is coming up right around the corner as well we're going to have dual in the pool and junior pan packs stay tuned for more info on that we'll touch on that in our next episode but yeah like we're talking about worlds and carson at sectionals we're not even halfway done with our fast swimming of the summer so a lot of exciting things to to look forward to for sure Lots left to do. Are you headed off on any more uh, cross the ocean adventures in the next few weeks or are you sticking home? No, I'm parking it in Rhode Island. It's, it's the place to be in the summer. I mean, summer yeah. New England is so special. So yeah. I'm open water swimming. I'm doing my little master's group three or four <laughs> times a week. So I'm, nice. I'm not where Carson is, but <laughs> I'm in shape for me right now, which is exciting. I, I love hey, being in the ocean. So that's, yeah, that's not sure. bad coming off a couple of weeks in, in Europe on vacation. So being yeah, in shape. I probably needed that. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good. 
Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next month for our next episode. Always a pleasure. You're the best. You're the best, Barbini. We'll talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Kickset with USA Swimming. Head to usaswimming.org for more episodes and make sure you subscribe to Kickset wherever you get your podcasts.